hello, hello there. Welcome to episode three of Mozcast, the podcaster's ritual. A massive thank you to anyone that has listened or downloaded Ritual 1 or Ritual 2. Um, I'm very excited to bring you this episode 3. Um, anyone that doesn't understand or know the format, if this is your first time listening, um, of course, my name's Colin. I'm a massive Smiths and Morrissey fan. Started up the podcast to really just get some content out there um, about what's happening in the world of Morrissey um, currently in 2024. So the breakdown of the, well, the format of each episode is based on the word ritual as an acronym uh, from the song The Headmaster's Ritual. Uh, so R stands for Roundup, I stands for Interview, T is my top 10 Smiths or Morrissey songs in reverse order, U is for Understanding, A in this episode, A generally changes from each episode and has done in the previous two. A stands for auction in this episode. Anyone that's been on Morrissey so low in the last few days will probably know what that's going to be about. And L is for lastly. So lastly, I mentioned in episode two that I was going to put together a WhatsApp group. Uh, the, the aim of the WhatsApp group was um, following on from the clip that I played at the end of Ritual 2. Um, a fan just um, explaining how basically the first time they ever remembered seeing Morrissey on top of the pops um, and how however many years later what, what the impact that had on them and, and, and um, how it got them into certain types of music and um, and how they really secretly thought Morrissey was was pretty awesome and pretty cool when other people around about were, were kind of scoffing and laughing um, so that was a lovely story, and I, and I was really appreciative of um, Gladioli for putting that on um, into episode two. So uh, the aim of the lastly section this episode, Ritual 3, is to just put out the WhatsApp uh, group details um, in the hope that I'll get some lovely voice clips back from your good selves, uh, the Moz Army. Okay, so uh, uh, that will be episode three. R for Roundup. I'm going to do this in reverse order. There was a post put on Morrissey Solo yesterday, January the 20th. That was uh, the unfortunate passing of Mary Wise from uh, the Shangri-Las, uh, one of the girl groups that, that Morrissey had been so enthralled by. Um, so I'd like to just pay my respects there. Um, the sort of story underneath that was the story about um, the uncut um, had released. I think it was the top fifth, uh, the five hundred greatest albums of the eighties. Sorry. So basically, I only got um, access to the top ten there, but um, two Smiths albums in the top ten. Um, the Queen is Dead coming in there at number seven, and Hatful of Hollow made it in at number ten. And uh, yeah, just out of interest, Kate Bush at number one, Talking Heads number two, Joy Division number three, 
and uh, Prince in at number six there before the Smiths was Sign of the Times. Della Soul with Three Feet High and Rising, wow. Craftwork were in there as well. Um, and My Bloody Valentine too, so nice spread. Um, some good indie stuff in there, alternative stuff in there as well that I love. Um, but yeah, maybe a bit surprised to see Kate Bush at, at number one. I did enjoy looking at some of the pictures of Morrissey around about Paris. That was uh, the debate that came about was him sort of, the picture of him, uh, he, uh, he obviously had a red pen in his hand and at one point he, he had put it in his mouth and uh, the big debate was, was Morrissey vaping around about, around about Paris. I'm probably going to say probably not, looks like it, it looks like in the close up it was. Um, it was just a pen there, but um, no, I also seen the post uh, Ryan Lowry again putting out um, Basically um, looking to photograph Morrissey fans and gave them a time and place uh, Yeah, Anaheim in California sounds amazing. Wish I could have been there um, Yeah, a picture a lovely brilliant picture of Morrissey and Johnny Mitchell. It's a black and white picture so English country garden picture, that, that's uh, fabulous, that one. Um, yeah, but that really kind of takes us up to Annie Nightingale. Unfortunately, again, another person um, linked with Morrissey that had, had unfortunately passed away there uh, 11th of January, I think it was, 12th of January. So um, RIP to Annie as well. So that is the roundup for this episode. For interview, I am absolutely delighted to bring you an interview in this uh, Ritual 3, an interview with a Morrissey superfan on the other side of the world to me. So I am recording this here in Scotland in the cold and the rain and possibly a little bit of snow later. Um, uh, the interviewee was on the other side of the world in Australia in the middle of his summer. So um, this is an interview with Greg Allen. Greg got in touch with me after pretty much straight away after episode one, the ritual one went out. And um, I've been in touch with, with Greg through through email and of course um, had the idea to to get his thoughts on, on Morrissey and get an Australian fan's perspective on Morrissey. So I, I was dead interested in finding out um, his story. It turns out that we are frighteningly similar. Um, we have the exact same profession. We have we are the exact same age. We have the exact same love for Morrissey. So it was... Um, it, I really did enjoy the interview. I can't wait to play it for you. Um, let me know what you think at Mozcast Ritual. Uh, we have a Facebook group um, too at Mozcast Ritual. Um, we also have a page on X. The address for that is at callbrown22. So here we go with the interview. Hello, 
How are you? I'm good, yeah. I've, I mean, it was really hot here today. Like, it's 40 degrees here today. So, uh, yeah, wow. it's still pretty warm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cold there at the moment, isn't it? Uh, I suppose, yeah, we had a bit of cold weather last week, but we're, we're kind of mild. We're mild right now um, for, for the winter, yeah. For Scotland, anyway, we're kind of mild. Um, but honestly, oh, what, thanks what? thanks so much for doing this because uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to to get in touch with me and to um, put put forward all your ideas for for how we were going to do this. And I'm I'm absolutely buzzing. This is why I started the podcast to get to speak to Morrissey fans, Smiths fans, uh, all over the world. The podcast that's already been listened to thirty three different countries, I think, uh, has been downloaded in so far. Wow, and and the more cool. that is good, isn't it? And the Morrissey solo site has really helped with that. So um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that uh, that's what's kind of that's what's kind of pushed me into like obviously the eye for interview is part of the podcast. So as soon as I saw your email coming through, I thought right, okay. So can can you tell me a wee bit about uh, where you're from? A little bit about yourself, some of your background. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm. Um... I'm from Sydney. Uh, my name's Greg, and uh, I've been listening to Smiths and Morrissey for probably 30 years. Okay. Um, yeah, so I suppose it all started with um, my sister and I. We were like really into music when we were young, and we, you know, we used to watch Countdown, which is the Australian version of Top of the Pops. Oh, cool. And huh? yeah, we, you know, we used to just be right into that and follow all the chart positions as you do when you're young and um, so we had a pretty good musical knowledge, like for, like, you know, I'm still really into music, my sister not so much now, but, um, but I've still kept up with it. And like, we sort of knew, I guess we knew about the Smiths, I suppose. We knew about Morrissey even back when we were little kids, but it was just sort of something that was a bit weird. It was something a bit indie <laughs> and alternative. And we were just, you know, we were just mainstream fans, you know, we'd probably like In Excess or Bon Jovi or U2 or what, stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, something like Morrissey was always a bit weird. Like in your Smash Hits magazines, which we had in Australia as well, like they used to take the piss about him a little bit. So it was always uh-huh. a bit of a joke. But I think I'm a bit like that girl you had at the end of your last podcast who sort of knew deep down there was something very cool about it, but you were too sort of young to appreciate it. Anyway, so... I'm just going to cut you off there, Greg. That, that girl that you're talking about is currently sleeping upstairs. That's my missus. <laughs> oh, right. Well, there you go. Well... Yeah, so um, I think I had a similar sort of, a similar sort of vibe to her in that um, I knew there was something very interesting about this person, and I knew this is probably where it's at. But yeah. I'm probably not quite ready for it, you know. So anyway, um, you know, years went on, and I had my different music phases. I listened to sort of your hard rock, or you like your, um, you know, Guns and Roses and whatever, and maybe a grunge phase in Nirvana or whatever else. And I suppose was, I came to a certain period in my life where I just got a bit bored with music I was listening to. So I was probably like in about probably 15 or 16 or whatever. And I just decided to start listening to the sort of the indie station, which is just like, I guess it's like your BBC version here uh, in, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it's called yeah. Triple J in Australia. Anyway, so, um, you know, I just listened, wanted something new, and I think it was probably like ninety-one, ninety-two. I remember they were playing "Pregnant" for the last time. That was that was the song that was out, okay. and, and that was being played regularly. Yeah, and I go, oh yeah, that's Morrissey. You know, and I was sort of aware of it. And I guess, you know, sort of time went on, and I my sister had 
a Smith's Best Best Of. She had a best, it's, it's called the Smith's Best. I think you can get it everywhere. And it's got two volumes. And I, she had the one, volume one on, on cassette and volume two on CD. Yeah. And I, yeah, just, I just started listening to that and I just took them. I don't think she missed them too much and they became mine. And I just listened to that cassette over and over and over again and the CD all the time. I think I wore that cassette out and was, I listened to it so often and I just became a, a massive Smiths fan. I had an, also had an older friend who was um, probably four or five years older than me, who was, you know, was old enough to experience the Smiths when they existed. So he was another influence on me. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess even when I first knew him, I thought, oh, yeah, you know, you're into Morris, you're into the Smiths, yeah, whatever. But I think that was another influence on me. He actually went to the 91 Australian tour where Morrissey came for the first time. Morrissey had never come to Australia before they were the Smiths. And so he got to the show here in Sydney and um, they can't, Morrissey cancelled. <laughs> <And>, um, <laughs> they got there and the, all there was this is a bit of paper saying show cancelled. Oh. And um, yeah, there was a fair bit of anger that night. I right. think there was a public telephone pushed over, which I don't know if my friends are involved in or not. Probably they were. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, um, yeah, anyway, um, so it just progressed from there. And I've just been such a massive fan ever since, you know, like since, you know, getting into the Smiths, I sort of got through all the Morrissey stuff. Yeah. Um, I yeah. remember the first Morrissey album I bought new was Southport Grammar. Yes. I think every, everything up till then was sort of, I was, you know, getting into it after it'd been released. But, um, so that's yeah, about so, South Paul Grammar, 95. So that's about 95, something like that? 95, yeah. That's, yeah, I suppose that was the first brand new Morrissey album I bought. Like ah. every other album I got up to then had already been released. So. Yes, yes, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, I've, I've just kept it up. And uh, I mean, he's just a really special artist to me, so... So have you kept yeah, it up? That's... Have you kept it up the whole time? Uh, have you had bit phases where you've came and went with Morrissey or the Smiths? Or you've got any uh, other stuff? Or no, not really. I'm not really. Up pretty solidly the whole time. I'm pretty obsessed. Like I don't think I'm as obsessed as what I was when I when I was probably in my early twenties. You know, I used to think I was Morrissey. Okay. But um, yeah. But I, I mean, I, I no, I don't think I've ever really wavered in my you know, like um. You know, I'm obviously not as massive a fan as I was at the start, but I'm still really, really interested in um, everything that comes out. And that's why your podcast, I thought, man, this is cool. So it's a new Morrissey content and listen to it and yeah. got in contact with you and whatever. And, you know, there'd be so many people like me who, who just love all this stuff, you know. So it's, um, no, I don't think I've really changed. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. that's interesting. See, when you said uh, in your twenties, there you felt like you were Morrissey. Does that mean like you were um, <laughs> as in as in sort of playing the part, or were you singing the songs, oh, or or was it everything? Pretty much everything. You know? <laughs> everything. You know, I used to just. I think I used to just was so obsessed with it. Like I used to sort of just carry on a bit. You know, um, I don't know. I suppose you see sort of Morrissey with these sort of. Sort of little his arrogance that he has, you know. I used to sort of carry on a bit like that. Sort of not till you get older that you realise that people don't really think that's really cool. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, you know, that's probably the only way I've changed. But I'm still really into Morrissey and music, and yeah, it's funny because people haven't seen me for years. They go, "Oh, you still like Morrissey?" And I go, "Yeah, I still like Morrissey." You know? Wow. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So a, a question I was going to ask you because I know you listened to the interview that I put out on the first episode. Um, 
I had interviewed one of my friends that had really been against Morrissey and his music and then in 2022 went to see him and really loved the show and was just so impressed um, and, and, and he really he found out something that we've known all along you know um, but did you what, what what was the first gig that you you attend so I think did 91 was the, the the tour that your friend attended your older friend yeah so when did you first yeah, well, get to see him? Um, well, the 91 show didn't eventuate in Sydney anyway, but like um, I, I saw him the first time that he came back since then, which is 2002. So, wow, so it wasn't until 11 years. So he didn't, the, he no, had never played. Wow, right, okay. No, that was the very first time he played in Australia in 2002. Um, I mean, he did play, actually, no, he played shows in 91, but he didn't play in Sydney. He played in, might have played in Melbourne or Brisbane or whatever, but for whatever reason, the, the Sydney show was cancelled. So, yeah, I saw 2002, which was, um, you know, that was very exciting for me. It's a bit sketchy now, but um, I remember when that was announced, God, I was so excited because he was going to play at a festival. It's called the Livid Festival, right? Which right. is... Um, a thing that they used to have in Brisbane, but they brought it to Sydney. And it was a really, it wasn't just Morrissey, they had some other really good bands playing. But oh my God, I had to get that ticket. So I went and got it like the very first day. I walked into like, got into the city and went to one of the rec instead of indie record stores, got my ticket. I probably didn't need to worry so much, but I got it. And then like a week later, they were announced he was doing like separate shows as well. Oh. So I thought, oh my God. So I got some twice that tour. Wow. Um, that must yeah, have been, so that, was great. that must have been from nine to well, what are we talking there? So really, like eight years you'd waited. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, well, well. From from like ninety four. I know your your friend had mentioned the ninety one, but that didn't happen. Then ninety four, no. you got the cassette. Ninety five, you got Southpaw Grammar, and it took until two thousand and two for you actually to get to see him. So how did how did can you remember how you felt that night? Oh look. Really, really excited. Like I went with actually a fair bunch of friends because I think even though no one's as into Morrissey as me, I think they sort of get off on my enthusiasm. So they, I've got a few friends who are pretty into the Smiths and Morrissey. Like pretty, not as I'm, I'm number one. Like I'm the I'm the I'm the craziest. But like <laughs> I've got others who are pretty pretty into it, and I've got other guys who sort of just go, oh, yeah, they they quite like the Smiths, maybe not Morrissey so much. But anyway, um, so it's probably like eight of us who went along to that Immortal show. And uh, yeah, we got pretty close, you know, we were pretty close up the front and God, just seeing Morrissey like probably a few meters away from me, like he was in a really good mood that night. He, you know, it was a good lineup. You had Alan White and you had Boz Bora and Gary Day. I can't remember who the drummer was. It might've been Spencer, it might've been someone else, but, um, and it was a good set list too. I've just looked it up like since and like, you've got some really good songs here. You've got like, I want the one I can't have. And you've got um, wow. Sister I'm a Poet. Yeah. Alsatian Cousin, some song, a few songs from Viva Hate. And um, so, yeah, it was a good night. Like, I, I remember the, the festival show, I sort of hung back a bit for that because I sort of thought I, I, you know, had my really good experience. And that was a longer show too, the separate show. The the festival one was just, you know, a 50-minute set or whatever. But, um, yeah, that was pretty awesome to um, to finally see him and, and get up pretty close. I didn't, you know, get to shake his hand or anything like that, but I wasn't, I wasn't far away. So it was... Um, okay. It was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Cool. And so, so, so that was 2002. So up until, well, of course, you've heard the podcast I started with Australia because obviously Morrissey ended his, his year. 
2023 in Australia there. Did you get to see him on, on this tour here at all? I did, yeah. I saw him just in December, so I'm actually wearing the tour t-shirt right now. Ah, <laughs> I, I did yeah. notice that was a one that I hadn't seen before. Can you stand up just a wee bit? Yeah. So I could... There you go, can you see Ah, that? the 40 years one, brilliant, yeah. love it, love it. it's pretty cool and it's got all the dates on the back, so... Yeah, no, we went, I went with my brothers. My brothers quite low. They're both musos, so they 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 quite like Morrissey. And um, my youngest brother's probably more into it than my next brother. But you know, they they usually come and see the Morrissey shows with me. Um, yeah. But um, oh, dropped out a wee bit, Greg. It was, um, sorry. So you dropped out a wee bit there. Sorry, that's okay. Don't oh, worry about sorry. It. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, can you hear me now? Yeah, perfect. It was just one yeah. wee second, just one wee second oh, that yes. dropped out, mate. Um, everything else is cool. Yeah, keep going, man. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll, we'll fill out the back. It was at the State Theatre, which is a bit of a sort of posh venue here in Sydney. And um, we were, um, but it was fine, you know. It was pretty expensive to get go out the front. And it was fine where we were. Like, we got a good view. It was a really good vibe there. It was interesting, like, because it's been a while since he's been here. Like, what, just nine years was the last time I saw before December. So, you know, you, you had a lot of things changing. A lot of had a, had a lot of uh, mothers and daughters and fathers and sons and vice versa at the show. The and crowd, really the cool, crowd had know, changed. <laughs> a little bit, but you also had a lot of young people too. You had a lot of different t-shirts, you know, you had a lot of metal t-shirts. You, wow. you know, Morrissey obviously touches a lot of people. Like, it, And the vibe was really good. Everyone was just there to see Morrissey. And, and we love him here, you know, like it's, because we don't get to see him that often. So he's... He's pretty well idolised when he plays his shows, which I think he likes. Because, um, yeah, I mean, obviously he doesn't come here that often, but when he does come, he's he's pretty well received. Right, that's you've went perfectly on, and you've actually answered a couple of couple of my questions that I had uh, written down here, Greg. Because really, I was I was I was going to get into how many friends. And, and your group of friends are you you said you're the you you are the number one crazy one but do you have go to yeah. like smith's friends people that you could rely on that you would say that are smith's friends or is it just some of your mates that are into music that kind of like them or um a bit of both actually like there's probably about three or four who are probably you know pretty into smith's and morrissey like not as much as me but you know they were they follow him pretty closely and I had one friend who actually moved moved to Europe who was a really, he was a really big Smiths fan. I got, I got him onto the Smiths and he became as obsessed as me for a while there. Okay. I think he might be a little bit over Morrissey now, but he's still interested, of course, but I don't see him anymore. But like, um, no, I've got like three or four friends who are really pretty into it. And then probably another four or five who are sort of happy to come along. I mean, they don't go to the Morrissey shows. My brother's always come to that. Yeah. Yep. They all went to that very first one in 2002, but yeah. apart from that, it's just been me and my brothers at the other ones. But we do what we do do, this is pretty cool, um, there's a band called The Smiths, have you heard of The Smiths? Yeah, Smiths with a Y. Yes, yeah. so yeah. Um, I, I noticed that Graham Sampson's on your Facebook thing, so yes. there was a bit of, bit of a connection there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, The Smiths have come to Australia, for, this will be their fourth time. Cool. They've been three cool. times before, and I've seen them twice. And it's just excellent. It's so good. And like me and my friends, we all go to that. Yeah. And and people just love it because I just go crazy. But you know, they're all pretty into it as well. Yeah. So it's big, big it's a good night. I've seen nice. I've seen them in Glasgow. Um, I've seen them in Glasgow. Oh, right. Couple yeah. of times, yeah. And it's it's always guaranteed. Um, good cracking night, man. Yep. Right. Keep going. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you. And 
we have such a good time now and this will be the, we're seeing them in february they're coming to Sydney in february right and um there's i think there's eight of us going and it's sold out it's sold out in sydney so it's um i'm glad we didn't muck around with the tickets but um so that's a good example of what my friends are like with the Smiths. I think they're happy to sort of come along and I think they're probably more into the Smiths than Morrissey. Then they're not going to know, you know, track seven on Maladjusted or anything like that, but they're going to know <laughs> right. all the Smith songs or whatever, you know? Yeah. So um, that's a good example. And the Smice, it's just awesome, you know, like it's just so much fun. And the Aussies love it because we were starved of all of all that. Right. I don't know if the Smiths came to Scotland or not. I imagine they probably did, but um, they never came to Australia. So, this is the, probably the closest we'll get. And the Smiths are so good. Like, I don't I know there's quite a few Smiths cover bands. Oh, and Britain, like man. We, we've, yeah. There's another couple just even uh, cropped up even just this year. You, you've, you, yeah. can take, you can take your pick from like six, seven, maybe eight Smiths tribute bands. And they're all yeah, good. Right. They're all good. They're all yeah, nailing it. Yeah. Um, so probably some are better than others, you know. But I, it's a guaranteed night. If that's your music, if that's the music that, that pushes your buttons, then it's it's always it's always a guaranteed good night. So um, yeah, I want to just kind of move on a wee bit, Greg. I know that you had mentioned that um, you maybe slightly a wee bit anxious about because Morrissey's always been a really a kind of very private thing to yourself. And so this is quite a big deal, sort of like just going out there with, with everything you're putting it all out there about, obviously, how much. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, like, I mean, I think everyone knows that I love the Smiths and Morrissey. I'm always wearing the Smiths shirts or Morrissey shirts. I mean, it's a bit of a joke amongst people, I think. But like it's, um, but at the same time, it's sort of hard to convey. That's your circle, though. You'll now, you'll now be going out on the podcast. You, you, it'll be, it'll be worldwide. Sorry, what was that? Sorry, you, you, that's you. I know you're in a circle of friends. We'll know that, but you're now putting it out there. You know, you're, you're, oh, you're no, yeah. you see. Oh man, I don't mind. I don't mind. Like okay, right. I mean, it's, there's no secrets, but it's just, uh, it's sort of hard to convey why it's so special to me. And like when you ask me that, I can't really answer it. Um, ah, okay, right. But I mean, it's sort of like he just is the best, as far as I'm concerned. Like just in everything that he does, like just his whole persona and. And not just his lyrics, too. Obviously, the lyrics are brilliant. Most people would agree with that. But I think just the way he can write a song. I mean, it doesn't matter if he's with Johnny or Alan White or whoever. Mm-hmm. The songs are always good. The songs are brilliant. Have a bit to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he must have a bit to do with that. Like, I mean, he, I don't know how a Morrissey song is written, but obviously you've got your guitar and whatever, but he's obviously got some vocal melodies going on there. And, and just the way he paces his words and the way he puts his words together and whatever yeah. else. Like, it's... Yeah. It's just better than everything else. And I listen to a lot of music and Morrissey's always number one with me. I think a lot of um, going back to the, the four albums, the Smiths days, um, they, they, he, all the vocal melodies were his ideas um, and they came out of his head and he wrote them. But I think they, the band pretty much like recorded the music first. And, and sometimes he wasn't even in the studio or sometimes he would come in two or three days later and they would get to hear what he had put to their music for the first time and I think I think so I think um well I wonder was one that I, 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 um that they had no idea what he was going to come up with and the, the the three of them just sat there just absolutely astounded at what he had what had, what had come out of his head so I don't think he's very very musical in terms of being able to play any instruments but the vocal melodies and the uh, um 
his form, the way that he can structure things, um, is just beyond. There, there, there is. I've never heard anyone like him. Absolutely, never heard anyone yeah. like him. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And it, I mean, it's pretty amazing. It doesn't really matter who, who he works with. It always seems to sort of work out <laughs> yeah. you know, pretty well. And um, yes. so he's obviously got a lot of talent in that respect. He's just a really clever guy, you know. He's just really. Yeah, he knows it too, but um, <laughs> he, you know, it's, I don't know, it's just, he's just pretty special. I think we're probably lucky that we're in, in the same um, lifetime that he is, because yeah. people are going to be talking about it for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. So that that's good kind of segue into like um, where we're at now with Morrissey. We discussed a little bit about Morrissey solo. Um, I've got the understanding section of the podcast where I'm going to put up a lot about how he's been mis misrepresented in the media and how, how how much of a hard time he's had in the media. Now the media in this country, Greg, they are they're just absolutely vile. I'll just say that on the podcast. The the way they treat the way they treat people and the things that have come out um, and the things that they've done and the things that they still continue to do um, are just it's horrific um, in Britain. I'm sure it's probably the same in Australia. But he's, he got such a hard time in Britain that he just, he left and he never came back, really. So we've lost him here. He's left the British Isles yeah. and he's never came back. And a lot of that, and, and, and we know about him that he loves Manchester. He loves Britain. It's it's a massive part of him, but he, he felt that he had to walk away. And, and, and I think the media has got a lot to do with that. But... Where are we at now in 2024, you know? Um, you mentioned that a lot of Morrissey fans have walked away. Well, no one that I know personally, but I mean, I suppose I don't know anyone who's like you or me who are that into Morrissey as yeah. such that that would be... But I think Morrissey now has a little bit of reputation because the media does get on board with that. Um, and it's the same here in Sydney, like... Like, you wouldn't even really talk about Morrissey in Australia, but when he announced his tour, I think one of the headlines was um, far-right sympathiser Morrissey announces shows in Sydney. Like, that was the headline. It's just Wow. Like, you know, like, most people wouldn't even... Like, most average people reading the paper probably wouldn't know who Morrissey was. Like, unless you're, like, a music fan. But that's the sort of the line they went with, and I think that's a bit harsh. Um, but, yeah, it's not that different here, really. I mean... We, but, you know, if you've got your target, the media just goes goes for the throat. I mean, you see it all the time. Like, you see, the, you might see something with your eyes. You might actually see the story, and they'll print something different. Like, it's just, um, you know, they'll embellish it or, or just make stuff up. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure he's definitely a victim of that because obviously he never wanted to be a, a traditional rock star. So no. that would have upset the, the media. So they would have just gone for his throat, no doubt. I yeah. mean, he doesn't do himself any favours with something <laughs> I know. he says. I know, I know. Um, That's true, that's very time, true. But at the same time, you, you're probably going to take it with a bit of a grain of salt because you never really know the truth. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it can be challenging, you know. And I mean, for some, I think most Morrissey Smith fans are sort of left-leaning. Yeah, and, and, I am. You know, yeah. Might, yeah, me too, yeah, completely. So it's sort of like, it can be a bit, challenging when he might say something that i mean i don't know much about nigel is it farage or farage? nigel Na is, uh, we pronounce it nigel farage farage 
guys right. I think yeah. you say Farage in Australia. Yeah. But anyway, like... Um, and interestingly, yeah, because... the podcast didn't really garner any interest until I put a post about Nigel Farage on Morrissey uh, Solo. Yeah. And here yeah, we go. Yeah. 150 yeah. downloads later in one day, I was like, oh, wow. Um, so... Yeah, well, there, you go. there we go. Well, you'll be on the front page of the paper before you know it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, no, I mean, we have small people here in Australia, and it's, I don't know why you want to be sort of even associated with that. He certainly wouldn't have done it in the sneers. It's, but, you know, the way I see it, like, he's Morrissey, he's an artist, he's the best artist, and you don't have to be a nice person. Like, you don't have to be a great guy. Uh, I'm, I'm, it doesn't bother me, you know, like, it, yeah, I'm 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 beyond, I'm beyond that, and um, yeah, I'm the same. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you can see why people get upset, but you know, at the end of the day, like it's about the music and it's about the it's about the work that's been put out, and you know, that's that's what I'm about, and I'm happy to still listen to Morrissey and go see him and whatever. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So I hope um, I hope this um, new album comes out soon. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. As uh, if we'll get to see or hear that soon. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I really a strange one. So. I'd really like to. I'd really like to hear it, and I don't know. I mean, it's just sort of typical Morrissey, isn't it? Just yeah. like, these things just get drawn out, and like even if you look at his career, like you just have these periods where you have like three albums in a row, and then you have nothing released for six or seven years. I think we might be in one of those five or six or seven year periods where we hear nothing. So I hope mm. not, but. I mean, it, it's obviously it's recorded, but now they're going to have this this sort of legal battle to get it released or whatever. And he's not one to back down in these sorts of things. So we could be waiting a while, which is a shame because what I've heard of the album sounds great. You know? Yeah, and, uh, and he yeah, he so. he has spoken. He's spoken in uh, sort of great detail about how he feels like that is one. You know, I, I'm really looking forward to hearing it because of how he talked it up. Um, he, he seemed to be really, really proud of it and um, all the collaborations that went on and stuff like that. It sounded very, very exciting. I was thinking, wow, I like the way I like the way Morrissey's going here. A lot of people are wanting to work with him still. He's becoming more relevant again, you know. I mean, was it Taylor Swift? I mean, did I get that... No, Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus, sorry, Miley Cyrus. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah. and and I'm thinking, wow, just two names I would never have put together, Miley Cyrus and Morrissey. But he seemed to be very happy with what she did, and she she was more than pleased to do it. And then that, but yeah. just I'm I'm really upset that it's um, we're at where we're at just now. Um, so might just need to stick to the tribute bands for a little while, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. It's a shame. We Oh, you never know what might happen. Like, you never know what's going to happen in the world of Morrissey. It might just turn up tomorrow, but it's, um, I mean, obviously you've seen that interview that he did in America. Yes. In New York. Yeah. yeah. I've probably watched that, about, watched that about 20 times. I thought he came across really well. Absolutely. And, yeah. And I, th I agree with you. Like, there seems to be a bit of a resurgence. Like, there seems to be sort of a little bit of a positive vibe towards Morrissey coming. And I yeah. think he's probably going to take advantage, take advantage of that. But, yeah. Oh, look, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, listen, Greg. Um, I, I really do appreciate you taking the time out um, to to speak to me. Um, you're I'm I'm recording episode three. I'm going to sit and do that today. I know you'll be going off to bed while I'll be sitting oh, recording. Are you staying up? It's only nine o'clock here. Oh, mate, the night's only young. Oh, the oh, night's only young. Yeah, I like ah oh, rock and roll. I like it. Nice one. Um, so 
listen, I, I, I really do appreciate it. Um, it's you're going to go straight in um, for my interview segment in episode three, and we'll, we'll, I'll send you a little copy, just a uh, prior copy, just to let you know, just for for you to give it the okay or whatever. But yeah, I'm gonna get going. We're recording that today, mate, and um, thank you so much. I've I've really enjoyed it. No, absolutely. Me too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been great, actually. Like, it's just nice to talk about Morrissey. I mean, that's why I contacted you, because whenever someone does something good, like, in the podcast world or yeah, something artistic, or I usually like to contact them and just say, well done. And um, okay. so, you know, like, I don't know, like, it's great. Like, I just think there's probably thousands of people like me all over the world who, uh, I was hoping, I was hoping that there would be because I've listened to podcasts for a long, long time, and um, I've put in Smiths Morrissey searching for podcasts to listen to on numerous occasions over the years, and I've never found anything really. I've found episodes about Morrissey, I've found things about Morrissey on podcasts, but I've never found one that was dedicated for him. Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I've got the background. I've got the background of music and stuff like that. So I've got like microphones. I know how to do the odd thing on the computer and that. So I thought, you know what, this. I think there's a few people that would listen to this. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, you just. I mean, just the fact if you put on that Morrissey solo website, which you have, which is very brave of you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Man, that place can be a bit toxic, eh? Like, it's, um, I don't know about, are we still recording or not? Yeah, no, just no. keep speaking away, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm just conscious of, I'm conscious of the Zoom thing. I always remember the Zoom thing cuts out at like half an hour or whatever. So oh, okay. I just want to like put in a couple of ending points for the edit or whatever. But yeah. we just chat away, man, chat away. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I often find, like, I don't know what it's like in Scotland, but I think the English have a very odd relationship with Morrissey like they do what happens here what happens in Australia right is and it, I suppose it'd be the same if I was in London and there was a big Australian act playing and I'd probably just go along for something to do because right. when Morrissey plays in Australia right you get the places full of English you know you get a lot of English people there apart from all the diehard Aussies right right so um and they I mean they did you know they've had him for years right yeah but we we, we never get him so we're just there like yeah my god morris is here but they come along and they sledge him a bit they carry on they just want to hear the smith songs and they they and morris actually got really upset um and this was a bit of a weird thing that happened here in that 2016 when he came he was angry at like the sledging he copped and i'll tell you it wasn't from any australians it was from the english <laughs> anyway like so what he did is he played all these provincial sort of tour which was really strange like he played in Wollongong yeah. here in Sydney in New South Wales yeah. which is sort of like a bit of a coastal sort of um, yeah it's a pretty big city I suppose but it's probably like you know 150k's out of Sydney and he played in this basketball stadium in Wollongong anyway me and my brother we went along but geez it was an odd venue and I think when Morrissey got there he just thought oh god what have I done saying <laughs> Swadehead you're seeing Swadehead right and he's going you know how he says why do you come here like yep. that and he just sort of looks around and goes why like why, why here sort of thing <laughs> yeah. so um and that was it and he almost pulled he almost pulled the pin that night there was a fight up front or whatever and he almost walked off stage i thought i was going to see my first morrissey walk off but it didn't happen luckily but that wasn't a great show yeah. just because of the venue and whatever else but he's played 
He's played the Opera House a few times here. I've seen him twice at the Opera House. And wow. Yeah, yeah. The State Theatre was the last one, and Enmore was the very first one, which is a really good, good like indie venue, which is you know holds quite a few people. So yeah, so maybe like that's weird. It's very strange, that isn't it? It's almost as if. Well, because I, we, we, as you probably know, we can't put the English and the Scottish in the exact same category, but we do live on the same no. island. Um, but we do not have that same relationship with Morrissey. Scotland loves them. Well, well, the, the Smiths yeah. and Morrissey fans in Scotland love them. We don't have that sort of weird sort of inverse. Going, yeah. uh, 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 it's very strange. Very strange. No, no. Well, we'd be exactly the same here, and it's it is very odd. And I remember that very first show in 2002, like I was just there and I, there was just all these English jobs there and just, you know, they, I don't know, just ruined it a little, a little bit, you know, not a, not a lot, but I, I mean, there's probably heaps of drunk Aussies in London when UMI play or whoever. Yeah. So, I don't know. I can't even think of, think of a band that would be appropriate, but they'd all rock up. And probably we get the win, DMAs a lot. Know. We get the DMAs here a lot in Britain. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know them that well, but yeah, they're quite popular, aren't they? Yeah. Wow, so, they are. They are, they are massive here in Britain, man. I, I don't get oh, it really. Okay. Um, the guy oh, that okay. I was telling you about, John Hamilton, um, that his music's on the first podcast. He absolutely loves the DMAs. He's been to see them loads and loads of times. I just don't. I don't get it really. Yeah. No, I'm the same as you. Like they've never done anything for me, but yeah, they're pretty popular. Like they're pretty well known. But I suppose. It's probably not the sort of music I go for as such, but um, but that would be a good example. Say the DMAs played in London, you'd probably get a lot of annoying Aussies there. So it's probably the same sort of thing, but I suppose because Morrissey's got that sort of prickly persona where you've got that sort of love-hate thing happening, a lot of the English sort of like to go along and just sort of sledge him, which is a bit, bit odd in the first place. But yeah, so that's a bit of a thing that happens here, but I, mm. I didn't really notice at the last show, but I was, I was right up the back and I yeah. think it was all pretty civil. Yeah. So the Opera House, I didn't know he'd actually played in, in the Sydney Opera House, man. Is that a massive yeah. venue? It looks massive from the outside. I don't know, is it big? <laughs> it's big, yeah. It's um, it's good. Like it's, I've seen him twice there, actually. Um, he played there in 2015. Right. And also in 2012. So um, we have a big light show here in Sydney. You may, or may or may not have heard of yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, yeah. I know yeah. I've said Livid before, but this is Vivid. Where they have all these lights everywhere, it's really popular. The place is in this packed, and um, Morris is actually like the headline act. T, T for my top 10 Smiths or Morrissey songs in reverse order. Ritual 1 was number 10, Cemetery Gates. Ritual 2 was number 9. That was the song Why Don't You Find Out For Yourself from Vauxhall and I. This episode, Ritual 3, will cover the song at number 8, Barbarism Begins at Home. 
That song is from the album of, I'm sure you all know, Meet His Murder. The song had a very, it was, it was released twice. It was released in Europe first. It was released in Europe three years before it was released in the Great Britain. It was released in April 1985 um, in Germany. And in Germany they got the full seven minute version that was released. Um, the the Great Britain single, it wasn't released actually until three years later, 1988. And that was the edited single version, uh, radio friendly version. The radio edit is 3 minutes and 48 seconds long. So of course, um, April 85, that that um, song was released through, of course, Rough Trade. The song had been changed initially um, through a lot of discussion from Morrissey and Marr. Basically because um, the original title of the song was Fascism Begins at Home. And uh, that then, uh, and, and through discussion, became Barbarism Begins at Home. Now, um, you could you could think long, long and hard, sorry, on Morrissey's intentions with the, the fascism moniker at the start. It did go on to Barbarism Begins at Home. The lyrics... You don't need to really read. It's it's pretty it's pretty literal. Um, you can take it as is read with Morrissey. Um, he speaks on the subject very clearly in this song. The subject matter of the song is not actually why I'm putting it where it is at number eight in my top ten. For a very 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 long time, it wasn't in my. It was a song that wasn't going to ever be in my top ten. It was a song that I liked. Um, it wasn't till later, um, yeah, through my trying to learn a certain instrument, which I'll go on and tell you later, I had a brand new appreciation for the song once I started to learn a, a certain instrument, and uh, I looked up that song and I thought, oh my goodness, wow, this song shows off, in my opinion, the four elements of the Smiths, the vocal, the guitar, the bass, the drums, everything is amazing in this song. I'll start with the um, the rhythm section. So, Andy and Mike. In this song, there is a there's a gig. It's Rock Palast. Um, I think that's Germany. I think it's a, it, definitely in Europe. Rock Palast, and um, you can you can search that up on YouTube. And the footage of that song, Barbarism Begins at Home, is unbelievable. Because they play the song, it's brilliant, Morrissey does his thing, so does Mar. But for a very, very long extended period of time at the end of the song, Morrissey and Mar just dance together. And we sideway jigs and all the rest of it and just so into the music. But it, but it does show off how amazing that rhythm section was because all you're hearing is the bass and the drums and it is phenomenal. <laughs> Andy's bass line for that and that's that's what I'm going to go on to. Um, I joined a band, I was a guitarist. Um, they needed a bass player, I tried to turn my hand to it, it was very difficult. 
Um, I started going back to what I know, try to learn bass lines that I really, really know, and that was one that I looked up. And when I looked it up, I just thought, my goodness, this is like funk. This is um, chic. I'm thinking just, uh, I'm just thinking of the influences here that, that that just I can hear in that one bass line alone. It's so funky. It's absolutely solid. Mike does his thing on uh, the drums with it, and it just sounds absolutely amazing. And yeah, of course, it, uh, uh, there is the, if you look it up, the, the sort of funk influence for that song, you could maybe look back to the roots before the Smiths, where Mar Rourke and of course Cy Wollstonecroft uh, is the drummer, if, you, if you've ever read into it, the Freak Party, or I think it wasn't the Freak Party, I think it was just Freak Party, but of course they were a very, very sort of funky sort of style, and I think that um, the rhythm section on that song had pretty much carried over from, it was like a kind of, it was more a kind of freak party rhythm section for that song, but of course we have got Mar there, who's going to just abs- add absolute and utter brilliance to to the funk, and then you've got Morrissey doing his thing as well, which just, pff, wow, it's, as a Smiths fan, it's just, yeah, I had to eventually include it in my top 10 because of those reasons. Uh, Consequence, when they did their, uh, I think it's Consequence listed the top 20. Barbarism come in at 14 on that. But yeah, just the musical dynamic between the three of them, Morrissey, no, sorry, Mar, Rourke and Joyce was just... It's just, it shows off to me how good that band actually were. They played it on live on TV uh, in Great Britain, 84 95, so it wasn't as very much well known because, of course, as I said earlier, it wasn't released. They played it on the tube on TV, uh, they played it in the Albert Hall in 85, and um, but it wasn't at that point there was much bigger Smiths songs out there Mar I do believe when uh, during the recording process and through the discussions wasn't really a fan of Barbarism Begins at Home he was the one that convinced Morrissey I think to change the title to Barbarism Begins at Home but his quote was that he felt like that song didn't really represent the band and I hate saying it on a podcast, but I do, as a fan, disagree with Johnny. I don't think it represents the band, but it does show off the four elements as being something that was well celebrated, not to be forgotten, and an unbelievable band in action. You for understanding. And here we go again with um, another part of the podcast that tries to understand where Morrissey came from and where he's at now and everything that happened to him after he became famous with how the media um, treated him, portrayed him, made stuff up about him. Just, just completely and utterly tried to 
paint him in a different picture to to the way he was actually trying to come across. And yeah, something that came up very, very regularly was going back to this sort of NME phase of the early 90s. And again, it was covered in Ritual 1 and Ritual 2. Um, but I'm not actually going to put a Morrissey quote out in it in Ritual 3. I'm going to put a quote out from the NME. And again, this is from Malarkey's that, that very extensive blog spot that I mentioned in Ritual 2. And again, a massive thank you to Malarkey for, for um, putting together this amount of information and the detail that it's in. I'm finding loads of stuff in there that back up um, what I think and what I say. I feel as a Morrissey fan, he has been completely and utterly misinterpreted, misconstrued, portrayed in a negative manner. And, and really, the media and Britain can... can do whatever they want to you. They'll build you up and they will tear you down in an instant. And, and I do believe that is exactly what happened to him. And and as Morrissey fans were paying the price, he's left Britain and he's never come back. And uh, yeah, that's 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 terribly sad in my opinion. So so the opinion I'm going to bring you is from uh, sorry, not the opinion. The quote I'm going to bring you is from the NME on the 22nd of August. 1992. And it reads as such. Morrissey's flirtation with racism didn't really begin until the Smith split and he became a law unto himself, gleefully wearing his own t-shirts, aspiring to be the consummate egotist. Now, wow. So they believe that his flirtation with racism didn't believe until the Smiths split. Where are they getting that from? He became a law unto himself. Well, we knew that um, in Ritual 2, they had already by this time compiled, misquoted and completely out of context quotes from a, a, a rake of interviews from his time in the Smiths. And this was their take on how they were going to paint him and portray him in the light that they eventually did. It's just, and, and the bit after it as well, gleefully wearing his own t-shirts, it's just so negative and derogatory and, and unnecessary. Aspiring to be the consummate egotist, well, <laughs> for all us Morrissey fans out there, we know, um, has he, well, well, he does have a big ego. He's got a big ego because he's amazing at what he does. He's a supremely talented individual. He's extremely clever. Um, yeah, I think that would I think that would inflate anyone's ego. He's human. Um, I just want to keep getting out there on this podcast that I'm I'm very much on Morrissey's side. Um, I think he knows and us Morrissey fans. Well, I think Morrissey's opinion on it is is that the public is far more discerning than the media will give you credit for. We're we're actually cleverer than what the media give us credit for. We can read into and we can see things in what they put out. We can read between the lines. We're, we're not that daft, as the saying goes in Scotland. And um, yes, again, I do feel very sorry for him for the way he's been portrayed in the media. And Moz, we love you.
A in this episode is for auction. Any Morrissey fans that recently uh, visited Morrissey Solo would have seen the um, auction of some various Morrissey items. <clears throat> One of which was a stage-used Shure microphone. Um, that went up. Um, well, basically there was a good bit of provenance with it. The, the stage-used microphone um, went up for auction. I think it went up with a ticket price of about a thousand dollars. It was obviously an American auction. Um, I do believe that it went for just under four thousand dollars by the the time it was eventually sold um, to some lucky Morrissey fan. Um, the thing that caused a lot of there was a lot of different Morrissey items that were there um, for for auction. I'm just sitting here wishing that I had uh, actually enough money to to start bidding on pretty much anything. Any any of those items I would love to have. There was a whole bunch of different things apart from the microphone. There was uh, some signed guitars, some signed jackets. Um, but the thing that caused a sort of massive stir on Morrissey Solo was the uh, there was a, with the Shure microphone came three passport photographs um, of Morrissey, photographs that he had used for his actual passport and just the picture just all of it instantly just stood out as there was something wrong with it. To me I never actually um, put anything into it, I never put any uh, replies or anything on Morrissey Solo about that but the picture did stick out as being something that was really weird and uh, it was weird because it came back on Morrissey Solo later that it was an AI, it had been sort of enhanced with AI, photoshopped, whatever uh, way you want to say it and it was bizarre, it just his eye colour was completely different almost his head shape was just, you could tell that something was not quite right there and um, unfortunately, the Morrissey solo and the Morrissey uh, the Morrissey auction thread on Morrissey solo was just completely taken over by this picture, the AI picture. And uh, yeah, I think the <laughs> eventually the person came on and said, "Okay, I photoshopped it as AI," and I'll admit it. But um, I was really, really pleased to see that um, they're doing things like that for Morrissey. They're, they're starting to auction some of his stuff. There's a massive um, fan base out there. I'm sure there's a few Morrissey fans with a bit of coin, a bit of money, wanting to spend on um, some paraphernalia, some some actual stuff that Morrissey has touched. And um, yeah, I thought I thought that was that was really nice to hear. So that's why um, A in this episode is for auction. L for Leslie. L in this episode stands for Morrissey Memories. I know that doesn't have an L at the start of it, but in episode two, if you listened, 
I said that episode 3, lastly, would be giving out details for Morrissey memories. So the clip that I played you out with at the end of Ritual 2 was a Smiths and Morrissey fan that had put out to me um, a voice clip of their earliest Morrissey memories. And I thought that would be a nice thing to include. So I started up this WhatsApp group. I've put the link up to the group on Facebook and I've put it up on X. I'll begin with uh, the Facebook address if you'd like to join the group. It's at Mozcast Ritual. That is exactly the same as the podcast title. The title of the podcast is Mozcast Ritual and the Facebook group is at Mozcast Ritual. If you're doing the whole Twitter or, sorry, X thing, uh, my address is slightly different on X. It is at callbrown22. That is at C-O-L-B-R-O-W-N-2-2. Please drop me a line there and the link has been put up on that page on several different occasions. It is a WhatsApp link called Morrissey Memories. Click on it, join the group and drop me in your favourite... Well, it doesn't need to be your favourite Morrissey memory. I'm actually looking for like the thing that was your earliest memory or the thing that has had a huge impact on you. Why are you still a Morrissey fan? In fact... Drop me in anything to do with Morrissey and I will be gladly, I would I would gladly receive every single voice clip. So please, just get on there. Have a think about it first. Think about what you want to say and then just drop that clip in there and I will play that out after. Um, my intention is to play it at the end of the lastly section. So I'll speak on lastly and then I'll play out a different voice clip for each episode and that is the intention of the whatsapp group so please drop me your earliest morrissey memories thank you see you later guys hi just a quick update at the end to finish on a very very sad note for morrissey fans um of course morrissey has now been treated for physical exhaustion he's cancelled um the remaining dates on on the tour certainly the next two to three weeks dates um, it looks like he's kind of receiving medical supervision right now. He's obviously um, completely worn himself out there at the end of the year trying to complete the tour. Um, so just a, a message from myself here at Mozcast. I hope, I hope, I'm wishing you a, a very, very speedy recovery. Um, I think he's been ordered to, the, to rest and will remain in Zurich um, for the current, uh, for the time being. Um, and yeah, just from everyone here at Mozcast, hope you get better soon, Moz. Cheers.